Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. So we're continuing our sermon series on Didn't See It Coming, the book by Carrie Newhoff. It's a book, if you haven't been uh, in tune with some of the last few weeks, it's a book that basically deals with as we get older, there is stuff that we didn't see coming that we all kind of fall into. And today I want to talk about it, and I think this for some of you might be one of the most important weeks, not just because I'm preaching, but because of the topic. Um, It's a very important topic that uh, research by uh, Deloitte did a survey and found that 76% of of our culture suffers from burnout, suffers from burnout. Um, when we were in Ireland, our last night in Ireland, some of you may remember this, we went to a castle, and we, uh, it was a castle where we had a medieval dinner that was planned, and a huge crowd was there, and um, we had heard from some of our Irish friends that there was this very famous Irish singer. I had never heard of her, but I guess she's kind of like their version of Celine Dion. Uh, she's been around for a long time. Her name's Amalda May. And she was there because her tour was kind of going through the area, and she attended this medieval feast with us, and it was kind of neat. So I started following her on Facebook, got into some of her music, highly recommend her, by the way, very talented person. And she was on this massive tour across Europe with her new, new show. And as, since I've been following her, just kind of in Facebook, I came upon this post that said, She had stopped in the midst of her tour and said she's getting a flood of well wishes. Thank you so much. I'm not seriously ill. It's what I call road rot. Lots of bits going wrong. Too often have tests and treatments while going full pace. Physically exhausted. Just following doctor's advice. I'm taking time to heal. I won't be long. And so it was just a reminder to me that Wow, all of us at some point have probably dealt with burnout where you just keep going and going and going and and sometimes there's these symptoms and these things that happen to us along the way and we don't pay any attention to it. I mean, stress, we, you don't need to be told by me what stress can do to your health. Anything from a headache to diabetes to, can lead to obesity, it can uh, lead to heart disease, it does all, it wracks havoc on our bodies. Stress does. And when you think about burnout, if you're like me, I think instantly I go to like at work, burnout at work. And of course, burnout is probably the number, mostly happens at work or at the office, but but students, you know burnout, don't you? Uh, Young parents, you know burnout, and it's hard to get away from it. Retired people. I've talked to more retired people that say they're busier now after they retired than they were when they were at work. So think about what it what is it that all of these categories, wherever it is that we can experience burnout, what is it that is the common denominator there? In every one of those circumstances, we all say, I'm just crazy busy right now. I'm just it's just that season right now. I'm just busy right now. now. But here's the thing. 
We, we all claim to have a busy season. Like here in the church, we would say it's Christmas or Easter times, our busy season. We just get through that, and then we won't be so busy. Or, or if you're a student, you say, well, once I take my final exam, then, then my life will get, get a little bit better and it'll slow down. Or, or when you get through that this month of work, then, then it will get better. Whatever it is, I get to vacation, then, then it will get better. Kerry Newhoff says this in his book. If your busy season has no ending, it's not a season. It's your life. <laughs> I mean, when I heard that quote, it hit me like a ton of bricks. If your busy season has no ending, it's not a season. It's your life. I mean, None of us wants to get at the end of our lives and look back and go, whew, that was a hot mess. <laughs> but yet, so many of us are headed that way. See, Pastor Tony and I have the best jobs in the world. We only work on Sundays. <laughs> at least that's what we're told at every party we go to. You guys only work on Sundays. But I, I actually was looking over my calendar. I was trying to schedule a get-together with a friend who's like, you want to come have a beverage on the dock? Joe Schmidt. And, uh, and I was looking over my calendar, and it hit me. I don't have a free night until October. And I don't like that feeling. And now some of it is fun things. I have like an evening coming up this Thursday. I'm going to the disturbed concert with my son. <laughs> I'll see some of you there, I'm sure. <laughs> but there's a lot of work things scattered in there too. And I've, I, I, over the years, I've tried to pace that out. And so it's, it's an awareness for me that I need to pay attention to that now as I continue scheduling things. And it reminded me of when I was a mission developer. The one time that I think I was closest to really feeling some sort of burnout when I was starting a brand new church in Dublin called Alleluia. Some of you have been a part of Alleluia. And uh, when you're a mission developer, it's different than when you're a pastor of a church like this. Now, you can still fall into the same traps either way, but, but the thing about being a mission developer is you're taught it's the only time in the church where it kind of has to be about you. Because you're the one that, that is kind of the centerpiece of this. And so for a while, it has to be about you. And that can become all-consuming. Because I would feel like if attendance was down one week, it was a crap week for me. If attendance was up, I was super high. And, it, and I would ride this all the time, and I never stopped thinking about church and trying to develop the church. And even my family was a part of the church, and I was grateful for that. But then we'd get together for, like, Thanksgiving, and what would we talk about? We'd talk about church. And I realized I had to set up some boundaries because I wasn't healthy. I wasn't working out. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't doing the things that I should be doing, blocking off just time. Now, fortunately, I never had the thoughts that Kerry talks about in this chapter of his book. He got so bad, he, he was the pastor of a mega church, and he was getting speaking engagements all over the world, and he felt great about it. But then, all of a sudden, he, he ex started experiencing major, major burnout to the point where he was afraid to be seen in public. 
He didn't want to go to small group parties or anything like that. He, he hated being around people, and he's an extrovert. And it got so bad that he started having really dark thoughts that maybe this life isn't worth living. And he thought that the way he would end it would he drive his car into a concrete wall. Now, I hope that none of you in this room are having thoughts like that right now. But you might be. And if you are, we're here to help or find someone that can help. So let's look at the seven, I'm going to look at or list seven signs that Kerry talks about in his book that you, you might not realize you're experiencing, but you are. He, he actually lists more than this, but we don't have time to go over all of them. So if you want, check out the book for more of them, um, or even has blogs online. You can find some of this there for free. But number one, your passion fades. You were once super excited about whatever it is that you're working on, and now you're just kind of like, eh. You continue to plot away, but you're, you're not excited about it like you used to be. Or kind of related to that, you no longer feel the highs and the lows. You're just kind of there. Little things make you disproportionately emotional. Like you're angry a lot. If you need verification of that, check with your spouse. <laughs> Are you getting upset about things that really shouldn't make you that upset, or crying about things that shouldn't make you that tearful. Everybody drains you, kind of like Carrie didn't want to go to a small group gathering. It used to be something he looked forward to, and now he dreaded it, and he, he asked his wife to let him just stay in the car. Cynical, this is a big one. Are you critical of everything that's happening? You criticize others, criticize the office, get up cynical about it all. And then this one would be huge for me. If, if I wasn't laughing, something's deeply wrong. We're fortunate here. Our staff, one of our spiritual gifts is laughter. And it's a sign, I think, hopefully, of health. And then sleep and time off doesn't refuel you like it once did. You go on vacation and you come back and you're still as tired and worn out as when you left. Or you get up in the morning and you're thinking, did I even sleep? Like, these are some classic signs. If you're feeling any of this, it might be time to do something about it. So let's move on to, okay, here's a few things that I wanted to focus on this morning. What are some steps that you can do if you're feeling or experiencing some of this or all of this? Well, one thing is surround yourself with a circle of support. Surround yourself with a circle of support. And that can be anything from your friends to a counselor. Now, here's an important thing about counseling. And I've been to it. So I'll testify to that, how important it can be. Some of you have this stigma about it. I've talked with some of you that feel like, well, I'm just, I'm proud enough that I can do this on my own. Here's my in the love of Jesus suggestion for you. Get over it. Get over it. If you need to talk to someone for the love of your family, for the love of your health, and for the love of your spiritual life. Get over it. Go and talk to someone. Your, your fishing buddy would be great to talk to also, but your, you wouldn't turn to your fishing buddy for treatment for cancer. 
So why would you turn to him for treatment for mental confusion right now? Go to someone who's trained to do that. But surround yourself with a circle of support. It makes a huge, huge difference. Now, next thing I want to lift up, an important thing to do if you're experiencing some of this, is take a break. Take a break. There's this prophet, Elijah. You've probably heard of him. He had just done this humongous, I mean, here he is, a spiritual warrior for God. And he had just had this massive, uh, huge spiritual breakthrough in this community. It should be a time of celebration. And what he experienced instead is burnout. And it says in 1 Kings, he went on alone into the wilderness. Traveling all day, Elijah sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I mean, here's a guy who's just accomplished a major win in his faith journey in the work of God, and, he, and he's worn out, and he's like, I just want to die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Classic burnout. And then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Did you see what he did there, though? He slept. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. And he looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and then laid down again. It's a classic biblical image of, of rest and renewal. We all get burnout, even on good things. Here's a prophet doing God's work and doing it really well. And he's fried. He's totally fried. So he ha had to find a time for rest and renewal. Sleep, eat well, take care of yourself so that you can continue to do the work that God's given you and do it better. Jesus, one of my favorite little images of Jesus is when he went to the to the well, and he met the woman at the well. We, we focus mostly on that part of the story, but we miss the beginning part sometimes where Jesus says to the disciples at the beginning of this story, he turns to them and says, Phew, I am whooped. I'm just going to chill. That's my translation. I'm whooped, dudes. I'm just going to chill. And he sends them to go get food and supplies for the evening, and then it just says, and Jesus sat at the well. We see this all the time, Jesus taking a break, going off in the wilderness, being just stopping his work and resting. It appears that the one person who didn't have a Messiah complex was the Messiah, right? We were talking about this at our staff meeting about burnout, and, and a lot of our staff confessed to having gone through periods of experiencing some of these things. And so we got into a great conversation about being able to give the congregation permission that if you feel burnout on a ministry that you're a part of, this is the one time you're going to hear me or a pastor say this to you. It's okay to get away from it for a while. It's like the anti-pastor message, right? It's okay to stop and take a break from it. The great chief design catalyst for our staff, Laura Strickland, was so excited that I was, am going to quote her right now. Laura, if you're watching, here it is. 
on the screen. Your quote. It's okay to let people know they can get burned out on a ministry and to take a break. And then come back when you're ready and try something else. Try something else. You don't have to be a part of a team or a committee until Jesus returns. We give you permission when your season is done or you just need a break or you want to do something else but you feel locked into that. It's okay to let it go for a while. But then come back when you're ready. One last thing I want to lift up is the importance of grieving. This is an important thing that Carrie lists in the book too. Sometimes it's grief that leads us towards burnout, and it's not just grief of losing a loved one. I mean, our culture says right now that, that there's this attitude of try to get over your grief as fast as you can. Like at funerals, we ask, how are you doing? How are you doing? Hoping that the answer is, oh, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. But, but sometimes we need to give ourselves permission to have a season of grief, and it wears us out. In the Bible, in um, the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses died, look at this. The people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. So there was obviously this period that they, they gave everyone permission to be sad for a while. Like a major thing has just happened. Even with the queen, we're on like two weeks of parades and and stuff because because there is a nation that's just kind of feeling it right now. It's okay. And like I said, it doesn't have to be, it could be the death of a loved uncle or something like that that sets off a period of grief, but it could also be something like a parent's divorce or you didn't get that promotion at work that you were really hoping you would or your spouse has some kind of chronic illness you've just been diagnosed with. And it's just stuff like that that sometimes we just have to give ourselves permission to feel it and know that that's going to wipe you out for a while. There's this word that Methodists like to lift up. I know we have some Baptists in the house. I don't know if you lift this word up too. Lutherans try to ignore this word because we like to focus on grace. And, we're, and sometimes with that attitude of we're saved by grace, which is a great thing for us Lutherans, I, I love it, but sometimes we're, we're like, man, that means I'm good. That means I'm good. Yeah, saved by grace. It's cool. But Methodists and other denominations like to lift up this word, sanctification. You ever heard that word? Sanctification. And it's the work, lifelong work, this is the important part of it, lifelong work of making yourself holy. <laughs> and, and what I would say as a Lutheran is, because I believe that God has already made us holy, but I, I believe that, that it's the lifelong work of trying to develop more and more the character and nature of Jesus Christ striving to do that. I mean, as Lutherans, it's okay to say we're saved by grace, but let's admit we could talk a little more about striving to be the nature and character of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ isn't a fan of burnout. It's not the life Jesus has in store for you. So if you're feeling that, here's one thing I want you to know right now. 
God does God's best work among God's favorite people. And do you know who God's favorite people are? Broken people. Broken people. That's where God does God's best work. And Carrie in his book says this, broken people have come to the end of themselves and look beyond for renewal and strength. Sometimes you don't have the answers. You need to surround yourself with a community of support, but that's where God does God's best work. Let's pray. God, if statistics are to be believed, 76% of this room right now is experiencing either a small bit or a massive bit of burnout. So God, my prayer is that instill in these individuals that are saying, yep, that's me, a sense that I don't have to keep living like this. There's a better way to live. We see it in your son who took breaks, who treated himself well, but stayed on course. Through refresh, through renewal, he was able to keep on his mission. So God, if people need a break today, give, we give you permission. If you need to talk to someone, please, please talk. Most of all, Lord, God, do your best work among the broken people who are here this morning. Lead us forward in your name.